Hey friends, it's Corey Andrew Powell here, letting you know it's time to treat yourself with an exclusive Motivational Mondays deal at the NSLS shop. Listeners get 20% off shop-wide with the code MONDAYS. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Need a new coffee tumbler? Or perhaps you want to keep it classy with a new hardcover notebook? Well, get them on sale. Listen, with this deal, I'm tempted to trade in my bow tie collection for one of those cute NSLS hoodies. And don't forget, use code MONDAYS at checkout. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Enjoy that 20% off at shop.nsls.org. And stay motivated, leaders. Stay motivated. At just 28 years old, Andrew Wallace was the CEO of a major financial company. Great income, happy life. He was on top of the world, or so it seemed. While on the surface he was a success, Andrew quickly realized there was a big difference between achievement and fulfillment. This is Motivational Mondays. I'm your host, Max Erzak, and joining us from across the pond in London is Andrew Wallace. Welcome to the show. Hi, Max. Thank you very much for having me. As human beings, we all have dreams that we want to achieve. But a lot of us actually self-sabotage that success by placing limitations on ourselves. How can people release themselves from these negative patterns of behavior? Well, the very first step is awareness of the negative pattern. So if if we look around us at the millions of people going about their daily lives, I would say 70 to 80%, maybe a lot more, have no awareness of the extent to which they're sabotaging their life. And until until you have awareness, until you bring that into awareness, you can never do anything about it because you don't know about it. So the first step is always awareness. So we need to look at how we're unconsciously or consciously undermining what we want. And and you're absolutely right that, that many people have commented on the fact that we all have a dream and many of us spend our lives making sure we don't attain the dream. That's how kind of perverse it is. So once we have the awareness of what we're doing to work against our dream, then we can begin to change that, to shift that into something else. And and not always, but often we need to understand where that um, undermining or sabotage is coming from. And normally it's coming from a place where we, we had a little dream and we were heartbroken, whether it's about a relationship or maybe it's we had a dream of getting grades in school that we didn't attain, or maybe we had a friendship that let us down. And, and somewhere inside, we thought that the, the pain of that was so strong, we thought, I'm not going to let that happen again. And, and it's true that most people give up on their dreams because the, the feeling of having a dream shattered or not realized is very painful for all of us, even in small things. And and can I just extrapolate, take that a little bit further? Because all of us as human beings, we're walking around with unresolved heartbreaks. Now, Now, I have children, I have four children, and I remember when they were three or four years old, and it was a hot summer's day, and they wanted a third ice cream. And I said, no, and you think it was World War Three, you know, they have the tantrum, I hate you, daddy, I hate you. And there's a heartbreak in that moment, which they might work through very effectively. And we tend to wrongly associate heartbreak with a romantic relationship. It's not. 
We, we have heartbreak in relation to our families, our parents, our sibling. We have heartbreak in relation to school, with friendships, with grades, with not getting into the right school, etc., etc., etc. You could have a heartbreak over your show not being as successful as you want it to be, whatever. And what I say is the, the most intense and the most damaging form of heartbreak is a shattered dream. And the analogy I use for a shattered dream is if you imagine this, this porcelain Ming vase, for a Chinese Ming vase that's thousands of years old, if you take that up to the sixth story of a, of a building and you drop it over the balcony and it shatters into a million pieces, then it's irrevocably broken. You can't put that vase back together again. And, and the energetic dynamic of a shattered dream that we are carrying is exactly like that. We feel that something has been irrevocably broken and we can't put it back together. Now, I know that in my own lifetime. And, and it doesn't have to be about some dramatic trauma. It's an energy where we feel in the moment that the hurt or the humiliation was so much, we think, I can't put that back together again. And we sort of put it in a cupboard and then we operate from that place going forward. Let's say someone is truly committed to transforming their life. They want to let go of their fears, build stronger relationships, change their situation at work. When making these core changes, do you recommend focusing on one area of your life at a time or is there a more holistic approach? Okay, great question. So I'd make two comments. That the first mistake that we all make, and I think it's, it's very, very dominant throughout the change industry, is we think that change is trying to get rid of something. So I don't know if you've ever experienced a panic attack. I, I have at various times in my life. Um, but a panic attack is a very, it's an extreme form of anxiety or fear. When a panic attack starts to rise, it comes up through the body, through the torso, and our first reaction is, no, 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 no. It's like, not now. And when we experience fear or any form of anxiety, the starting point is to try to get rid of it. And anything that we try to get rid of, we strengthen. So my advice is when fear arises, let the fear come up. Embrace it, integrate it, let it pass through. When anger comes up, let it come up and let it pass through. Because very often it's, it's the um, resistance and, and the trying to get rid of it that actually uh, keeps it, um, enforces it and makes it more powerful. And again, there's a very direct analogy to nature and the universe. Scientists tell us the universe is what they call a closed universe. You cannot get rid of anything. If you have water, you can turn it to ice. You can boil it and it, it goes into steam, but nothing has gone. You just can't see it anymore. So you don't transform anything by getting rid of something. Now, that sounds like a pretty simple thing, but it's quite profound because all of us, when we start change, we think, I'm going to get rid of negative thoughts. I'm going to put in positive thoughts. It, it's not a great uh, strategy. So the first thing is to welcome what's happening, whatever's arising. The second thing, rather than trying to make up your mind what you change, rather than imposing your own thinking, why don't you just 
be still long enough, sit long enough for a few minutes and see what comes up. And if it's every time something happens, I feel anxious, start with the anxiety. If everything, every time, every few minutes, I'm around people in college or in businesses and I get angry, look at why you're getting angry. Don't try to decide where you need to start. You know, be guided by what's around you. It's a much, a much better guide than your brain or your mind. Can you tell us about your new book and what's the number one lesson you want readers to walk away with? I'm biased because I wrote it, but I think it's a neat little book. And, 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 and when I was in discussion with the publisher, I had a little bit of an argument. I wanted to write a book that could be read within an hour and a half on a, on a train journey or, or an airplane journey when there were such things or whatever. So it's a really short read. And, and the number one thing that um, I would say I want people to take away is if your life is a film, if someone was to make a, a film of your life, you know, right now, can I ask you a personal question, Max? Sure. How, how old are you? 31. 31. So you're 31 and you've probably got about 60 years of your life ahead of you, 50 to 60 years. So you're not even through the first half of your life. And Max, age 32, does not exist. And, and, and max age 33 doesn't exist. So for the rest of your life, you are the scriptwriter, you are the director, and you are the producer. Now, that is unbelieving empowering. But what most people do, you, you know, we go through our lives and, and we make a transit from 31 to 32 without thinking about it too consciously. And, and we literally take our habits and, and our patterns and our old behaviors from one year to another. And, and, and you know, some of that is, is going to be essential. But instead of sitting down and saying, actually, who I am next year, I am the sole arbiter of that. And intention is the key to allowing you to do that. And here's another aspect of it. You see, I, I say nothing exists in the universe without intention. So your podcast show doesn't exist without intention. Apple, Amazon doesn't exist without intention. There was a time when Apple didn't exist. And a few guys got together in the back of a, a, a garage or a garage, as you call it, and they, they created an intention. Shell, BP, didn't, doesn't exist without intention. The car you drive, if you have a car, doesn't exist without intention. The clothes you're wearing don't exist without intention. So once you really understand that, then you can say, okay, what, how do I want to create the next year of my life? How do I want to create the next five years of my life? And, and then you have to work with intention and create alignment and synchronicity. How can people discover their purpose in life? Wow. Yeah, you know, all of us would like to discover a deeper sense of what our purpose is. I think it's true, and they've done, various people have written about this, is, is men and women who have a sense of purpose live more fulfilled lives and happier lives and more contented lives. And I, I'd agree with that. 
I think there's a few things that are needed. Um, I think patience is a quality that a lot of us don't have too much of. You know, there's that there's that famous prayer. You know, Lord, give me patience now. And it's like uh, <laughs> it, it, it's um, you know to to really discover our purpose is, is we need to be willing to spend a little bit of time, a little bit of reflection to say, okay. I don't have to discover my, you know, today's Monday. I don't have to discover my purpose by Wednesday or by Friday or by next Monday. So even starting with a willingness to create a little bit of space around it is, is, is the first thing. The second thing is most of us live busy lives and, and we're over busy. So if we want to discover our purpose, we need to create some space and some reflection time where we can sit with ourselves and we can reflect on different aspects of our life, including listening within. One of the themes that we've touched on a couple of times today is, is learning to listen within. And, and none of us, I don't know about you, but I didn't go to school and had take a course on how to listen within. I wish I had. You know, I learned that many, many decades later. But, but this is, again, it's, it's an art that we can practice. And why would we listen within? Because I, I, I've been at this for three, four decades, and every day I normally discover there's, there's a sensation or there's an inner impulse that I override, and then three hours later or two days later, I think that's what was trying to tell me. So I still override it, even though I'm quite well practiced at it. So we have to learn to really listen within. And, and that's the best signal. It's, it's a better teacher than any coach, any therapist, any, any teacher, to really learn to listen to, to our inner impulses. Because that's where our dreams are. And that's where our purpose is. What a fantastic interview. Andrew, I want to thank you for helping us realize that every one of us can change the world but we must first change the world within ourselves. Perfect.